be about your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we want to be about things heavenly kinds of things happening here we want to participate in those we want to we want to be a vessel that allows you to flow through us Lord to make those kind of things happen in the world and Lord we recognize clearly absolutely that we have to be transformed to do that or that we have to be emptied and filled up by you to be able to be your reflection in the world so Lord as we worship thank you for that feeling thank you for that presence that life and energy that you give us today through the power of your spirit Lord I pray that you would continue to knit our hearts together as a family here and as you're doing a new thing even with us and another fellowship Lord that you would knit our hearts together you're about unity you're about bringing the body together and Lord I pray that you would guide us and lead us through these waters we trust you and what you're doing in the name of Jesus, in the wonderful, matchless, amazing name of Jesus, in that name we pray, we believe, we trust in, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Why don't you greet a neighbor for a minute, just bless somebody. Maybe there's somebody next to you that you don't know yet. Find a, put a name to a face. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you here, and uh, we are anticipating really wonderful things that God's doing in our midst. If you just prepare yourself this morning to give, um, many, most of you were here last week, and we're talking about this new um, exciting adventure that God has us on, that we're moving through some interesting waters, and I was just actually over at... Uh, the other church at Sanctuary this morning just for a few minutes and had an opportunity to greet them and and at the end of this service I'm going to be slipping back over there uh, matter of fact I haven't even talked to you about that Preston but during communion you'll you'll kind of take over and kind of end the service and <laughs> surprise um, and uh, I'm going to slip back over and just greet their 11 o'clock service and and uh, they are I just I got a lot of excited people over there that are ready to meet you and they're anxiously awaiting to to uh, have the family reunion and we kind of get to meet the relatives and the other side of the family and a lot of really cool things and so um, got a lot of a lot of that today from them and so we greeted them from you and uh, so uh, anyway it's going to be a good thing but if you can just prepare to give this morning again this is an opportunity that we have to worship and 
to uh, trust God. We trust Him for what He's doing in our individual lives. We trust Him for what He's doing in our corporate life here. And um, so if you prepare for that tonight, uh, I think everybody got one of these probably. <laughs> you're all looking at it right now, actually. You're not, you're not even paying attention to me at all, are you? <laughs> uh, that's what I get for giving a handout. And so, uh, so anyway, the, uh, most of you are reading this now and uh, talking about this wedding that's happening. Again, Janice and I can't get away from that metaphor of this, this new wedding, this new life that's coming into the world, and you don't oftentimes hear of churches coming together. They usually split apart, and so we're excited about being a part of this. And um, actually, before he has to leave, David Gunger, would you just stand up for a second? This is Pastor David, the youth, youth pastor that um, is going to be... A, has been full-time at um, Sanctuary and will be full-time at Sanctuary <laughs> as we all join together. And so uh, I'm anxious for you all to have an opportunity to meet him. He's just a phenomenal um, young man and has three children, is that right? And married with three children and, and uh, just very seasoned and mature and we're excited to see what's going to happen there. And so tonight, actually, at 7 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a meet and greet. This is kind of a little bit of a family reunion kind of time just to kind of meet, meet, uh, re- meet the relatives, so to speak. And so I uh, would encourage you to come at 7 o'clock tonight. Um, of course, some of their church is going to be here. I'd just like you to meet them. Um, some of their church is going to come because they haven't seen the building. And so we're going to kind of give them some tours and let them see um, the building and kind of what to expect. And, and But we're going to have a, a little bit of an answer, a question and answer kind of time here at 7 o'clock. Uh, the Gungers will be here with us. And, and it's going to be real informal. We don't have formal child care during that time, but you're welcome to bring your kids and kind of have them with you if you'd like to. And, uh, but hopefully we'll be able to answer a few more questions, but hopefully this is going to give you a little bit of the essence. I know some of you kind of wondered what's going to look like, what's our governance going to look like, and we'll talk about that here more in a little bit, but we are uh, believing that God's really doing some foundational things uh, in our midst and really securing some, some, some very important things. Janice, do you want to talk about the ladies' tea? Do you want to come up and grab that microphone right there? This Tuesday is our Tea on the Lawn, and it's actually going to be in our backyard. And so we invite ladies of all ages to come. There's a few other things I had in mind, too, so just a little warning. Um, We're going to all get together and just have fun celebrating each other. It's beautiful weather, and so we'll all have tea together. You can get to know other people. Um, I didn't announce it to our, as I'm calling them, our sanctuary sisters. Um, but we may get to have some of them come because um, you guys are so wonderful. You've been forwarding my newsletter to some of the girls that are there, girls of all ages, and so I hope that they'll join with us too. So we're really looking forward to a fun time on Tuesday, and we'll continue to have fun ladies' events because that's what we do. Question? What time will that be? 6.30. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) At yes. my house, RSVP by emailing me, and I'll send you my address. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I think those are the main announcements. So let's pray and, and give, and then we're going to move on. Father, we thank you for, again, your heart and your plans and purposes. We, again, trust you now as we give tithes and offerings, and, and uh, we pray for your blessing on every family, for every life that is 
trusting you today. And it's a real interesting thing when we give. It's a very tangible way that really stretches us all. It, I would say it even tests us in some way. Do we really trust you? Uh, it's one thing to say we trust, but to step out and to give and to, in this most tangible way is is something that deepens us. It deepens faith, it deepens roots, it empowers us, it strengthens us. And so we step out in faith and give this morning and trust you for your covering in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I just want to say a personal thank you to my sons and the band that have stepped in for the last couple of weeks, and uh, appreciate that. Um, next week we might—I haven't—we haven't worked out the details yet, but uh, we're gonna—we're trying to get uh, um, the, the worship leader that will be leading us all f- moving forward who has been uh, full-time or the worship leader at Sanctuary. We're trying to get him to sneak over here in between services, and so you can kind of experience that and what to look forward to. Uh, In just a few moments, Pastor Ed and Gail are going to slip in, and uh, just kind of like we did in their service. And so we're, I don't know if we're going to need a a police escort on the Creek Turnpike or how we're going to do this. And so, uh, but anyway, they're their first service is just wrapping up, and so they'll be here. And so in just a minute, I'm going to stop and introduce you to them and, and uh, them to you and give them just a few moments to just share their heart with you before they slip back at the, the other service. And so, um, you know, change is, is uh, fascinating. It's interesting. We have felt God in the midst of this as we've been talking and praying all summer, as we shared with you last week. If you weren't here last week, uh, I encourage you to go to the website, listen to what we shared last week. Uh, some of you may not, I doubt it, because I think about, you know, the, the rumor mill has gone across Tulsa by now. I have a friend of mine who says, you know what the definition of a secret is, don't you? And I said, what? He said, uh, you, people tell one person at a time. Um, <laughs> that, that's a secret. And so, so by now, most of you have probably already heard about what's happening. And, but I'd really like you to hear more completely the heart of what we believe God's doing here. And so, so rather than reiterating all that, if you'd go to the website and you can listen and watch that and experience that a little bit more. 
Um, today we want to give a little greater view of what we think God is doing and then how do we manage this in the midst of change because change is challenging, it'll stretch us um, in many, many ways and uh, even good, wonderful change uh, affects us and, and stretches us. And so um, before they get here, which they should be here in just a minute, um, the, uh, again, you've probably had a chance to read this. Um, I'm going to just... Maybe just go over a couple of these things really quick um, to, uh, to just give you, again, a little bit of uh, greater picture. Um, uh, actually, Susan Harwell, why don't you stand up, too? Um, this is Susan. You're going to see her more. She is the full-time children's director um, and is stepping in. She's already met several of you. We're going to be staying after service. Our, our coordinators from our different areas are going to be staying after service to meet her. And she's already been communicating and, and uh, blending and molding some things together here. And so you'll be seeing and hearing more from her. Um, again, we are stepping back into... A, if you've been here for some years, when the Life Connection started, we started with co-senior pastors. It was one of the first churches or one of the only churches in Tulsa that, has, that did that. It's certainly what we felt led to, to start this church based on, and we are um, stepping back into that. That uh, About three years ago, as you know, our partners in ministry, the Vos, felt led to go to Colorado, and so we... Um, um, and, and having a co-pastor is a big thing. Uh, matter of fact, it was interesting after we, uh, after the votes shared with the congregation that they felt led to do that and, and, and were leaving. The next week, I had people handing cards to me of pastors that they knew that said, you should go interview this guy because um, he would be a, a, a great guy to, to consider doing this with. And, um, but... It's a big deal to co-pastor with somebody. Speaking of co-pastors, um, they just walked in the building here. And uh, so we, we yes, let's, let's give them a hand if you would. <laughs> Come on up. Come on up, Ed. Um, um, we love these two. We are excited for you. You're going to be blessed. Um, what we have seen and how we see God work through them, I just can't wait. Now, all of you that are in our family here, you know that, that this is pretty much me excited, okay? I mean, <laughs> when you've been a counselor for 30 years, you learn to his, hit, listen to all kinds of things and just go, really? Okay. <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit more about that. And so I've been doing that for 30 years, and so... This is me kind of coming off the chain. Is it off the chain? I've told, I said off the charts a few, year, a few weeks ago, and somebody corrected me and go, off the charts? That is so, like, 90s. So you've got to say off the chain now or off the chazane, I think. Is, isn't that? Or something like that. I'm, wor I'm working on that anyway. I, I don't know exactly how that works, but, but I really am excited about what God's going to do, and I'm excited for you for, for um, this, these giftings that are coming and going to blend together. So just, anyway, it's, this is time for you to talk, so you can go back and <laughs> talk to them over there again. We are, hello, hello. We are um, really delighted to be here and very encouraged about what's happening behind the scenes. You know, every time you do something, um, when you're trying to follow your heart, you're always trying to examine your motives and 
on so many levels, there's so many good reasons for communities to move toward each other. We're in a culture that's so fragmented, and usually the story is that church is split. Again, and there's another church split over there. It's not that often, thankfully it happens once in a while, that churches actually want to move toward each other. And I think there's something very, particularly in a city like ours, there's something very wonderful about people that want to move toward each other. Uh, Gail and I, in our story, you know, way back uh, before we started uh, Sanctuary, it was then called People's Church, we were in com conversations with these guys about trying to do something with you back then. And the community was just too small to sustain what could have happened then or would have happened then. And through the years, you know, I've always, when I had breakfast with Brent or whatever, I always kind of lean in and say, you want to do something? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, I don't know, you know, you know just, you know, processes and stuff. So uh, then this summer when we were, uh, we ran into each other at breakfast, I think, and he said, hey, you know, we've talked about that. And I went, yes. <laughs> And because I, I tell you, there's so many levels of win about calling, about a sense of, of the heart, about trying to, to create a community that has more than one voice, um, the safety of that, the strength of that. Um, probably the most selfish motive. And, you know, there's always motives that can be selfish, right? You always want the best motive to win. You know, like I, I uh, um, you know, in everything that you do, there's a potpourri of motives that are involved there. Um, I'm One of the things that I like about being in ministry is that I get paid. But I can't just want to be in ministry because I get paid. <laughs> the truth is I'd do it if I didn't get paid. Just don't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's the truth. I mean, the truth is, you, but there's, it's part of what you're doing. And the most selfish motive here for, for me personally is the fact that many of you know my story is that I lost my way about 11 years ago and uh, crossed a line that I never imagined I would cross and uh, really basically shamed myself and my family and, and the people of God and thought, uh, there was a point, a time when I thought I, uh, I, I just thought I couldn't live. That's how dark it got. And uh, in the midst of that time, I thought I'll never be involved in ministry. I, mean, I knew that. And uh, the person that God brought into our lives and began to speak in our lives was Brent. And uh, he was like a, um, you know, it, it was like, I, tell me, tell me there's a future. I'm futureless. And uh, he spoke into our lives, spoke into my life in such an amazingly powerful way and um, began to give me a sense that I could actually have a future, right? And, and then it was the Holy Spirit who, when I would argue and say, okay, I'm, I need to retrain, I need to go into business or whatever the world I was thinking at the time. Got to do something else. I've got to make a living, you know. And uh, I, I remember thinking, you know, think about Pastor O'Kerrigan. And I, and, I, and I was out running and I said, I said, I am not, I am not worthy to do that. And I'll never forget hearing I, and I would have never expected, it had to be the Holy Spirit because I wasn't thinking this for sure, feeling it for sure. But I heard, so when were you worthy? Mm -hmm. And that's when I went, okay, okay. So starting in the journey back, I, I cannot, you know, I, I staying in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, this, this is not a city that's friendly to failure. And staying in Tulsa, you know, we used to tell the kids when we were growing up, if you ever get lost, just stay where you are. 
till you get found. And that, that's pretty much where we stayed. We just stayed and just moving. The community we started when we, when we first got here in the late 90s was a community that some of you were there that grew from about zero to 4,500 people in, in two and a half years. And then when we started in, in uh, Sanctuary, um, they're still staying away by the thousands. <laughs> right? And I can't tell you those early days when I would go to the services and just, I would walk in and in the service and would see who was there and I would, I would have to sort of recuse myself as worship was going, go to the back and I would just weep. Not because I was mad at anybody, but just because I would say, God, are you sure I shouldn't just get a job? And... Um, it's one of those kind of things that sort of, I'm just telling you the elephant that's in the room for me. It's one of those kind of things where you, um, you know, even, it, it still lingers, you know, years, years later in this community, it still lingers. And uh, just last year I was speaking and answering questions, feeling questions, so I had my text, you know, I had my phone up there and people would text me questions. And, and so I was finishing up the message and this guy texted me. So why should I be sitting and listening to a guy that cheated on his wife? And so I'm preaching, and I saw that text, and but you kind of buck up a little. And uh, I went to the next question. So after the service, I called him. I said, can I meet with you? And met with him, and I said, this is my story. This is what happened. And I said, you know, my life is open, and this is why we stayed, and da-da-da. And he, he was a, you know, kind of a rigid guy, and, but, but I think he appreciated the gesture. So for me... My selfish motive is I cannot tell you, you know, I have a friend that has a dog who they say they rescued. Um, he, he was a rescue dog because he was beaten by his neighbor or by his owner. And he was a beautiful, pretty big dog, a golden retriever. Anytime he tried to reach to touch him, he'd cower. And, and you had to approach him differently because he was a beaten dog. And I can't tell you how, I wish this weren't true, but sometimes when you go through things where you get hurt, you, you, you cower a little when somebody tries to touch you. You're just not quite sure, right? And, um, and, and even though, oh, I love where my soul is, I love Gil and I love where our lives are, you know, we finally have grandchildren. <laughs> that are beautiful <laughs> but anyway <laughs> sadly you'll hear about that but anyway um, <laughs> you know there's always those moments where I'm always a little just a little just a lot. and I can't tell you what it means that when I stand in a place of leadership in a community like this and I have in my peripheral vision Brent Janice, my bride, the people I not, who knew the worst about me that now believe in me, I cannot tell you how it makes me want to just lift my head just a little more. Not in pride, but in hope. Yeah. So that's my selfish motive. So if that wasn't in there, I'd still be doing this. <laughs> but that's honestly the big win for Ed Gunger is that, um, well, that's it. We're looking forward to this. Yeah. Grace to you. Grace to you. Thank Amen. You. Okay, they got to run back, and so.
We love you all. You're a blessing. And um, remember we talked last week about there's something about this story that, and really exactly what he talked about, there's something in all of us that kind of holds back a little bit. There's something that the enemy speaks to us and lies to us. And yeah, but what about this in you? You remember when you did this? Remember what your attitude was like here that that I believe God's going to do a new thing in all of our lives. And if we passed around the microphone, they would all be different. All of our stories would be different. All of our, all of our feet of clay experiences, our slip across the line things would all be, be different. But I believe God's wanting to do something new and fresh and bring life here um, in a way like never before. So good things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to just, uh, we want to talk today about... Uh, Again, new beginnings, and what this means, we believe that when God does something in a, in a community, that he's doing something in each of our lives, too. There's something that, that's going to breathe and speak to, to each of us in the midst of this story. And so, when God brought our lives together in a healing season, um, 12 years ago or so with the Gungers, I, little did I know that this would be the end result of this, that this would be part of the story of what God was doing, that there would be this reconnection of lives. And we always valued them. We'd always get together and hang out a bit and appreciated them. But little did we see this until something that happened this summer that just began to give us a, a view. You know, and God, God has timing issues, you know. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? I mean, the very thing that he's supposed to do, if it was done at a different time or whatever, it just wouldn't be right. And so that's why we always have to trust. Even when you get something that you go, God, I know God, I know this is in me. I know God wants this for my life. You just have to walk, watch how he walks that out. I just look over our life and just see the timing things that God has had. And so know that, that there's really important timing in him. Again, we're excited for you and what God's going to do through you. Um, as you receive um, from leadership here, as you begin to interact with each other, interact with, with the, the new family. And, uh, but let's look back at the scripture here as we start today. We're going to go back to a scripture that we read last week and kind of review that because it speaks so much to what's going on in our body. It's in Ezra 3, 10 through 13. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priest in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, son of Asaph, with cymbals, took their place to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept out loud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard from far away. Change is hard. Change is hard for everyone, even change that, that we believe that God is in, that he's speaking life to, that he is for, that everything about it smells of him. It's still hard. And this has been for our family here as well. And I know that some have taken this harder than others. And we heard um, leaping response from many of you that just something clicked in this. And it was just an easy thing to receive. And it was, 
it was fresh and new life, and we heard a lot of that, and, and mostly that, this last week. But we also knew that it would be hard for some, and we also heard from some of those. And we've already heard, and again, talking about elephants in the room, we're just, we're just honest here. We've heard from a handful of families that just don't feel like they can continue on with this. They just, this just doesn't click with them. It just doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel right to them. And so they're, they're not going to be with us. And most all those that I heard from are not here this morning. And, um, you know, we, we miss that. We, um, I can't tell you what it's like as a pastor to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning with certain faces in your mind, people that you've spent life with and spent time with and walked through difficult things with, and then they feel like it's time to go on. But that's part of the body of Christ. That's part of what happens. I have many of my pastor friends that say, Brent, you just care too much. <laughs> you just, you just got to let, you, can, you can't carry it so heavy. And I, I don't know how to do that. And so, but we're dealing with that. We're big boy and big girl, and we're going to deal with that. And so um, I feel like everybody, every time anybody feels the time to move on, the church changes a little bit of the form and the picture and the and, and the what the look of the church is changes and and that's important. But in the body of Christ, we're all we're all together. Even if people are separated, we've always had people that have felt called to the mission field or to move to another city, and we've always felt that. You, as a pastor, you just get used to that. Um, but it's but it's challenge a little more challenging when when people feel like that what you've presented is what you feel like God is saying. Um, that they're not in agreement with that. But we respect them, and we love them, and we bless them as they go. Uh, we've also had some key staff people um, that didn't feel that this was, that they can't hook up to this and, and move forward. We told you that we believe, we had hoped that all of our staff, paid and volunteer, would be able to come together and, and blend these lives together. That was our hope. That's what we felt like God wanted. Even though some of our roles would change and because in some settings, we had people doing kind of the same thing. And so we, but there was, our staff had lots of different gifts. And so, um, but, but we have to respect the fact that some felt like that, that uh, they needed to move on. And, and so it's been a very emotional week that way. Uh, I, as I've received some resignations this week. And, and tried, I've talked with them and we've cried together and, prayed together and loved, held on to each other and, and loved each other. And, and, uh, and we go back to the scripture. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord. But many wept aloud. What an interesting dichotomy of expressions and experiences. And, you know, part of our life is counselors. And so we're used to people dealing with loss. And we've shared that with you that we go through losses. You know, we said we've got to become like professional grievers as human Christians. You've got to get used to loss. You look through all throughout Scripture, and there's losses in this human experience. Until he comes again and things are all made new, we're going to deal with losses. It's going to happen. And so we are very familiar with the stages of grief. We deal with people every day going through different kind of losses. And again, as we said, losses can be obviously bad things have happened, but they can also be when good things happen and, 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 and there's new, new change and, and, and so forth. Our, um, 
Our daughter, Caitlin, Janice had an opportunity to be with her for three days this week, and, and she's uh, all grown up and saving China, you know, and uh, actually she's not in China, but... but um, that's a line from Mulan, that's a line. remember that? So, yeah, that's a My line My baby's from, all grown up and saving China, yeah. It was some, some Disney movie, okay, I'm sorry. Um, I remember watching it with our children. And so um, she's just, wonderful things are happening in her life. You know, she's just finishing her master's degree in taxation, which we always say that she was such a normal child. Um, <laughs> but she's bright and brilliant. She's up in the Michigan area and uh, starting with a big accounting firm in January. And, and this is only as Caitlin can do. She figured out she was going to have a couple of months where she could actually quit her other job early. And so she found an organic farm in Hawaii. And so she's going to go to Hawaii for two months, and they're going to pay her to, to do organic farming. And so only, only Caitlin would learn how to do something like that, you know. And so we are thrilled for her life, yet it's a loss. We're, we're grieving over that. We don't get to hang out with her as much. And, you know, we're thankful for text messages and emails and, you know, cell phones and all those kind of things, you know, in the modern world that we get to stay connected. But, but even really good things... Um, cause loss and some grief and and we know that there's some people still in shock over this that they're just like wow you know what and they're still they're still there um some people want to deny the fact it's even happening it's like la 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 don't don't tell me you know and we get that there's some people that are experiencing anger and we understand that we understand that that's part of loss that's part of grief and and so we've, um, we understand that. There's some that are discouraged or kind of the depression stays. There's some that mourn or mourning and they're crying and weeping and, because it's, this isn't what they thought or this is different than what they thought. And so um, we are confident, however, as we see people every day, if we can kind of link arms and walk through this and stand with each other, that eventually we will come to a place of acceptance where we see that, okay, yes, even... Well, this is a really good thing that God is doing, and there's just been lots of different things that have happened, that God knows what he's doing, you know, that he's in charge of this. And so, so when we go through those difficulties, it's really important that we all go back to higher principles because it's going to stir us emotionally. Um, there's nothing wrong with emotions. They're good. They're a wonderful part of who we are, but, but um, they sometimes can't be exactly trusted on making choices and decisions in our life. So we go back to to higher principles, and that's what we want to talk about just for the next few minutes. What are some of the higher principles that we need to stand on and believe in moving forward? One of them is, as Christians, we believe that God is sovereignly good. That means no matter what happens in our lives, he has this unbelievable way of molding things together for our good. As we've gone through this and we've struggled with it, you know, I've, I've had a lot of emotions I've had a lot of feelings that I feel coming towards me and overwhelming me at times. And the thing that God keeps whispering to me is, I'm bigger than that. I'm bigger than that. I'm bigger than that. We're going to talk in a little bit about some other changes we had had this year in our lives. And all the way through, God was saying, I'm bigger than all of this. And he's good. God is big and he's good. And we can trust him no matter what things look like in the moment, no matter what things look like in your life right now. You can trust him. He's good and he's big enough 
to handle it. We all quote Romans 8:28 all the time. Uh, we know that all things uh, that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Do we believe that? When we hit some of the crazy times, do we believe that that he can really mold these things together for our good? And it goes on in verse 29 to say for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So we hope that you can hang on to that and trust in that and trust in those higher principles that he he knows what he's he can take human decisions and human frailty and human limitations and he can make good. That really helps us deal with the kind of some of the separation anxiety. When we change and even there's a new thing ahead that we get separated from the thing that we're comfortable with. We and and that brings some, some peace and security, what we are used to. And so this helps us deal with that, and it also helps us deal with the unknown of the future. There's going to be some things that are going to be different. And, and so it can help us deal with that, and that we trust that God knows what he's doing. Um, as Christians, we believe that God ultimately works things out over time, that he has a way of orchestrating it. Even if we take the wrong exit. He has a way of getting us back on, and he has a way of nudging us back in, into his plan. Uh, it's a celebration of, of believing that there's a transformation going on in our life, that that's what this is about. This is not just about, I mean, the limits of even church structure and buildings and all of those kind of things that go along with church get us sometimes sidetracked from what God's wanting to do in our life. He's wanting to transform the change and to mold us and shape us more into his likeness. And so it's really about character. It's really about our hearts that, he's, that, that, that he is most um, concerned about and cares mostly for. And so we really believe as we are seeking God and we are seeking his kingdom, and as we are giving him the power to veto... You know, sometimes we get so set on a course, it's like God's whispering no, and we're going, no, I've already planned this. I'm going to go this direction. But if we're seeking him and we give him the power to veto what we're doing, then we believe that he's going to get us to the right place, to the place that he wants us to be, even if we don't do it perfectly along the way. Even if we make missteps along the way, God is bigger than that, and his plans and his purposes will prevail. We get to participate in them, but his plans will prevail. So we don't have to be afraid. Whatever changes are happening in your lives, and I know you guys are like us, changes happen all the time. Whatever changes happen, we don't have to be afraid. We know who we trust. When Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. As we look to him, he guides us, he directs us, he leads us. And when we take a misstep, he goes, come on, get back up again. We're going to go here, and he's going to take care of us. We need to watch our motives. We need to look at what our motives are. Are we reacting to something out of fear, out of frustration, out of discouragement? Or are we taking the action of obedience? Are we listening to him and saying, God, what is my role? And where do I go from here? I want to go in the action of obedience in following God instead of the reaction of my own emotions. I wanted to say years ago, but it would be lying. So I'll just say when something happens with my child at school, 
years ago, I would have reacted to that. No, but <laughs> I still do. You know, if something happens with my child at school and she comes home and says, a teacher said this or this happened and it's not unfair, my emotions come out. It's like, excuse me, this is my baby girl. And so I am ready to get that computer out and get on that keyboard and go, this is not fair, you know. And, and I found over the years, one, that's not very productive, but I found over the years that I have to stop and go, okay, Lord, what action would you have me take in this? Not what is my reaction, but what action would you have me take? That's what he's calling us to do in all of our lives. That's the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we have the self-control to just go, even though I really want to blast someone right now because they're hurting my baby, I can't do that. I have to follow in what God has called me to do. There will, there will be some uncomfortableness with this. Um, you know, we've talked about we're going to be going to three services and a couple services here and one there. And parking lot's going to be a, probably a little more full. There's going to be classrooms are going to be a little different. There's going to be different people maybe. Um, and it's, it's gonna, there's no way around that. Um, new growth is going to bring that kind of stuff. And different blending people's lives together, it, it's going to happen. But, you know, we've just, we just finished a year-long series on the book of Acts. So we should know by now that following God is not comfortable. Okay? Go interview Paul. Um, you know, things are challenging. And so, and some of you are going, yes, we finished the book on Acts. And so, thank the Lord we don't have to do that anymore. Um, and, and you may hate this next idea that the reality is that God is about perfecting our souls. And that oftentimes that happens through suffering. That's, that's where we grow the most. Um, Hebrews 5, 7 to 8. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears. This was Jesus. To the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. That was, Jesus went through that. And so what kind of suffering are we going to experience in this? Yeah, there's going to be some uncomfortableness, but, but it's uh, um, nothing like what this experience or Paul's experience were. And so it really is about the kingdom. It's about um, the pastors believe that helping the kingdom to go forward the messages, the direct messages, the indirect messages, the layers in between, that the benefit for the kingdom is, is behind this. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Um, Pastor Jake and Elisa were one of those that felt like they were just didn't feel at peace moving forward. Um, this verse, we committed our lives to each other this week. We said, we are going to guard our hearts. We held each other. Jake's a huggy guy. It got uncomfortable for me. <laughs> um, we held on to each other this week. We cried together. We prayed together. We have a 30-year history with them. I did their premarital counseling. He said I was the first... I did the first pre-premarital counseling with them because he was having a hard time committing. And uh, um, our lives have gone together for years. 
and we will stay committed to them. We are going to be friends, and, and we believe that this is actually going to move us to a greater level of friendship, you know. Paul and Barnabas at times had to go different directions. Um, but they didn't talk bad about each other. <laughs> we are guarding our hearts. We love them. We're committed to their lives. We'll be friends with them. And we believe that back. And are we sad? Yes. Is it different than what I hoped? Yes. Um, but they are people of honor. Um, they are walking this out graciously. And, and, and we love them. We love each other. And guard your hearts. We've got to guard our hearts. We've got to guard our hearts in the midst of this. That's where safety is. So whatever relationship stuff you've, you're going through or been going through or have gone through, you know, relationships are messy. They just are. There's no way around that if you're in relationship to humans, you know. If you're in relationship to a robot, it might be a little cleaner, okay. Um, it's going to be messy. But guard your hearts. Let's guard our hearts through this and honor one another um, as brothers and sisters in the Lord. The next thing we need to be aware of in this circumstance and in all circumstances of change is being careful to not compare things to the past. We have all worked with people at work or been in the college dorm with somebody or, or something that would come here and they'd go, I hate Oklahoma. It, da, 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 da. Where I came from is so much better than this or the job I had before is so much better than this and you guys are da, da, da. And we've also had the opposite where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm here. You can't believe how awful the last place I was. It was absolutely terrible. We can do that either way. We have to keep our eyes focused on where God places us. I'm going to find good in it. I want to be for something. And so I can look at any situation and go, oh, I hate this about it or I hate that about it. And I can look at any situation and go, wow, isn't this great because of this and this and this. I want to keep our eyes focused on the good things that God's doing and the positive things. He can help us deal with some of the other things to really stay focused on moving forward in what God has for our lives. One of the exciting things that we feel about this merge that we're just getting bubbling up inside of us is the whole idea of synergy. You know, we talk about this in the marriage model. Brent and I are a little bit different. I know, have you guys noticed that? I know. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get him to calm down a little bit and not be so excitable. But, we, okay, here's how you know there's a crisis, all right? If there's a crisis, Brent will go, oh, dear. Okay, that's a crisis. <laughs> not exactly my reaction. But just as we have found in our marriage, the two of us together is more than just two individuals. When we join together in a God-ordained marriage, there's a synergy that happens. There's an excitement that happens. There's more creativity that comes. There's more life that comes. And so instead of a one plus one is two, it's one plus one is three or four or whatever. But we see synergy and we see excitement. That's what we see in joining our bodies together. We see so many wonderful things that will occur as we all move together in what God has for us. The third one is be cautious. Sometimes people will try to talk you into not changing. Um, you know, something like this, um, you know, if we had taken a church-wide vote on this, on whether we should do something like this, we would have had as many people in this room different opinions about it. And, um, the, uh, and probably there would have been many that would have not wanted any change at all. And, and so, but sometimes God has a different plan. 
Sometimes God moves against some of that comfort. And, uh, and this can be taxing sometimes. This can be difficult, particularly with peaceable people that just like everything to be easy and calm and everything to get along. Um, Sometimes God does things that are confusing or even seem offensive on the surface. Uh, Matthew 16, 21 says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Sometimes we can inadvertently um, keep the will of God happening or keep the will of God happening in other people's lives because of sentiment um, rather than really God's will. There are times that, that he is going to press us and push us past the emotion or the sentiment of the moment. We have to act on the principle of obedience and not our feelings. Now, we're counselors. We value feelings. We talk to people all the time about you look at your feelings, you see the thoughts that come behind those, you take a look at your core beliefs. Remember the long time we've worked on that? You know, we talk about that all the time. But there are certain times when we step out in something and our feelings may be this way, but God is telling us to do this. We have to go on what he tells us to do. We have had a year of having to do some things that have been uncomfortable in our family life. One of them, you guys know, the school that, that our kids went to for 23 years closed at the end of my daughter's junior year. One year, I had one year left of high school, and it closed. And we all knew instantly that she was supposed to go to Metro. It was, there was no question, we knew instantly. But walking that out, her class is 10 times the size of her class before, which isn't hard when you only have 10 people in your class, um, but it's still scary. And one of the things I've noticed is they have boys there. And they're really big boys. We didn't have big boys. These boys look like men. Some of them, and I don't want to offend anybody, but some of them look like farm animals. They're so big. I mean, they're huge. They have a good football team, and they're huge, and they're interacting with my daughter, and they notice her. And, and, you know, one of the things we didn't find out until we got there for registration is there's twice as many boys as girls in her class. And so it was overwhelming. I'm kind of pushing women's colleges right now. Um, you know, mom says, she says to me, Mom, don't even think about it. You know, give it up. Um, that's been scary. These teachers don't adore her like the ones that she had before. Not yet. We'll give them a little time. Because they didn't know her. But we knew it was right. And even though there's so much of me that wanted to go, stay home, all you need is an English class to graduate. You know, I'll help you get your English class done, and then we'll be out of here. We knew it was right. We knew this is what God had, even though both of us have cried many days when she came home from school. She's exactly where God wants her to be. Some of you guys know that our son Spencer had um, jaw surgery, but it was really facial reconstruction. They had to take a, a, an inch or a half an inch out of his lower jaw and move it back, and they had to go in and cut his upper gums off and move them forward and then rubber band it all shut and put different screws and plates and everything in his face. And it was a, 
It was a long term. There he is. It was a long. <laughs> You're welcome. Oops. <laughs> Shoot. I thought he was going to stay out longer than that. Um, it was. We've known about this for 12 years. We've known it was going to happen. It was like, okay, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, this is the best thing for him. He has to do it. You know, they've been telling us this since he was little tiny. It's a horrible, you know, recovery, but that's okay. We can do it. It's right. Until the month before. And then I went into a secret time of panic because there's something that seems so unnatural about taking your son in and having them cut up his bones there's something about that that just doesn't seem right as a parent. And so even though I knew he had to have it because otherwise he wouldn't be able to chew when he got to be 40 and also he would have severe pain and headaches, it was hard to see that future because he's fine now. He looks fine. He was acting fine. It's hard to do that. But there's a certain time and a certain place where you go, I know we have to do this. And even though everything within me is screaming, we need to do it. This is good. This is right. He had miraculous recovery. You know, he's done incredibly well. So everything God is working for good. But at the time, it's difficult. At the time, it feels unpleasant. So we've got to steady ourselves. Steady ourselves in God and say, even though, gosh, this feels a little odd or difficult, we steady ourselves in him and say, what did you call me to do? And then we walk forward in that obedience. My goal in life is that I walk in grace. I want to be gracious as I encounter the things of God. Not always been successful, but I want to walk forward with dignity. I want to respect the people that are around me. I want to love them. I want to cherish them. I want to be there for them. I want to be patient with people that are struggling. And as we focus ourselves on God's word, as that is our foundation of life is God's word, and keep in relationship with him, then we have a steadiness, then we have a calmness, whatever the emotions are, we are rock solid in him because we know that this is him at work in us and through us. So change is usually difficult, obviously, um, but not changing when God calls you to change is more difficult. And so there are times when we have to decide that we do what God is saying regardless of who it separates us from or connects us with. And all of you have had to make those kind of decisions in your life. And so um, when we started TLC, we believed that, that 12 years ago, we believed that we were supposed to do it in a different form, in a different fashion. That's why we started as co-pastors. Uh, we believed that we were to develop a leadership model that did not focus on one personality. Uh, we, we thought that it, there was a weakness in the church that that as you look back historically in the church, that it wasn't just this one per sparkly personality as the head of a church and the whole church focuses around that. We felt like there was too much of that and we wanted to on purpose move against that. And so that's why we did what we did. And we did it for eight years and we felt like it was effective and it gained strength and there was good accountability and there was all kinds of positive things that came with that. Um, again, we were not planning to not have that. Um, we've We've, we've not had that for, for three years. And um, we've struggled trying to develop leadership processes that, that mirror some of that. And it probably hasn't been the best. We've probably not, never landed on, on quite what was right. We've longed for this kind of structure to happen again. We, 
believe that what we found is when we, we initially developed that with, with uh, the strength of two voices, two couples in essence, that it's kind of like in marriage, I tell couples, whatever you can come to agreement on, that is right for your marriage. You may do it different than your neighbors do, but what, there's something about the power of agreement. And so the way we operate for eight years and we plan to move forward is that as, as, as the, the four of us come together, we believe that whatever we can come to agreement on is going to be right for us to move. Now, we will add other people to our board. We're going to, we believe in wise counsel, and, and you'll see, you see some of that on the little handout there. And we're even taking it a little farther this time. Uh, we are wanting to assure that if the four of us are not able to come to agreement, because basically the way it works is if you don't come to agreement, you don't do anything. You just wait, and you keep praying, and you keep listening, and you keep hearing. Um, but if for some reason that, that we don't, and one, one party feels really strong about that, we're going to have some outside, uh, an outside group that's going to help us in that process. We've already extended the invitation to three people. Um, Roger Nix, the pastor of Believer's Church, is going to be one of those people. He's already said he would be honored to be involved in that. And so we're waiting on the, uh, on the other spots to fill. And so we... We, we actually are excited about what the strength that this is going to bring to our church moving forward. Uh, strengthening our foundations, strengthening how we are, are, are secure uh, moving forward. Um, seems like there's, there's, it feels like a, a profound sense of rightness in everything that, that's happening as we've talked all summer about the different things that each body has. And again, we just can't wait for you to meet the neighbors. <laughs> we can't wait for you to meet the family here. And so... Um, once again, when God does something corporately, it usually speaks to something he's doing in your life. So, so as we close this morning, I want you to consider what is it that, that um, this is saying to you? What kind of change has gone on or maybe is stirring in your life that we need to ground ourselves to these higher, higher principles? Uh, once again, it's all change, even if it's good, exciting change. Um, is difficult and will stretch us. And so we are hoping that you will hold on to his plan, his purposes, keep listening, keep praying. We believe that it will be confirmed over and over and over again. That's what we're asking people to do is to stay engaged in the conversation, stay connected, keep listening, keep let it happen. One of the reasons that we um, announced this and we're starting the change on October the 23rd as far as the actual wedding is on October the 23rd seems fast to some people and yes you can talk to the staff they're they're reeling behind the scenes and trying to get things developed but we believe that rather than just talking about it and thinking about it the people needed to experience it and so we hope that you'll be able to experience that and that God will be the confirmer. I can, we can stand here and encourage and believe and, and talk about the vision, but he'll confirm it in, in, in your hearts. And so why don't you stand as we close here today. Know he loves you more than you can imagine. You can trust him. You can absolutely trust him. He knows what he's doing in our lives corporately. He knows what he's doing in your life. And so... I'm going to ask our servers to come as we come to the communion table. Communion is about commonness. It's about bringing things together. It's about connecting our lives. That's why we do this in a group. We don't just do this on our own. There's nothing wrong with taking communion as an individual. But there's something special about doing it in the common group. Something about unifying our hearts that we come to this. I, I love the fact that 
in a 24-hour period on a Sunday here throughout the world that there will be millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of Christians doing this, coming and saying, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the sacrifice. I recognize the broken body that's represented in this bread. I I recognize the shed blood, the, the giving of life. We recognize the power of the resurrection. Then when it comes to prayer at the altar and prayer for healing, that why we have confidence in that is because of this, because this happened, because the power of sin and death was broken that day. And so that's why we do this. And it brings us all together under a common bond. Father, we trust you. We trust you. We're doing the best we can as, as your your hands and feet here represented in this particular body. We pray that you'll continue to direct us and guide us and, and form us and fashion us individually and as a group and as a body. So as we come now, we trust you. We trust you for what you're doing in our individual life and in the lives together of these wonderful families, these wonderful families of, of the kingdom that are knitting their hearts together now even in a greater way. We honor you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you're here for the very first time, we welcome you to come. You don't have to be an official member of our church. Come. You know, the ushers will lead you. And uh, let's worship him.
God has your best interest in mind. He knows what he's doing in your life. You can trust him. We are trusting that your best, your absolute best is in his hands. And so he's going he's to maneuver you into the right place for that. And, and know as you leave here today that it's in, in, in his heart to bless you. So may the Lord bless you and keep you as you go today. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May you soak in his grace. Maybe, you, maybe you'll hold on to that. May you be able to then pass that on to others. May his face turn towards you and give you peace. Walk in his peace. Put your life and hands in his hands. It's the best place that peace will come into your life. We love you. We're going to continue to worship here. Um, I'm going to ask all of our children's workers, we've got a little change here, if you could meet me out in the gathering space here just immediately. And, uh, but we're going to continue to worship. Don't, if you need, to, need prayer, if you need somebody to stand with you, there'll be, um, our prayer team will come and, and let's just linger a little bit and worship. And, but um, you are, you're, you're free to be dismissed. But um, if you need to come for prayer as well, let's trust him. I encourage you to pray for our family here as we continue to walk through and journey through this to uh, on this exciting adventure that he has planned. Go in peace. Bless you as you go.